Yeah, con- consider it. Consider the lilies. Blue goggles firmly on. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Don't bring religion into this. It doesn't help you when you win. No matter when they play Nobody late Nobody else night, is going to be playing. No one will be on. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Let's bring in our first guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He is a very talented writer and outstanding college football reporter for The Athletic, Chris Vanini, back on the program. Chris, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's a, a college football week, technically. It feels yeah, man. wild. I mean, we're thinking about BYU, you know, under two weeks away from opening the season against Navy, and uh, there are going to be games before that. Is this actually going to happen, Chris? Are we going to actually kick off the season? Yeah, it looks like it. You know, I was I was very doubtful we'd get here. I was 50-50 for a while. You know, we were waiting for students to get back to campus. You see NC State, ECU, North Carolina going to online-only classes, but it looks like for the time being, we're going to start. Now, are we going to finish? I don't know. But we are starting the college football season, and I, I think that's good news. BYU is up to eight games officially on the schedule. Uh, we've been hearing that BYU is trying to get to 10 or even 12. Um, do you think eight's enough? Is there this sort of pandemic understanding of everyone's just going to try and do their best and we'll figure out what this means a little bit later in the season? I, I think eight. Seven, eight is kind of the minimum, I think, of where you need it to be to feel comfortable uh, if you're a fan. I mean, there have been some FCS teams that are only playing like three games in the fall because they're going to play a conference schedule in the spring. So that's even weirder. But I, I think if you play eight, you're okay. Obviously, you want to get more. There there are some FCS teams still looking for games if BYU's still going to add some. Um, but now that we're kind of here, it's, it's kind of time to start, and it's hard to add games once you start. Chris, clearly BYU is not playing the schedule that they had originally lined up in terms of difficulty and name brand opponents. But the Cougars do have some national windows against Navy on Monday night on ESPN with Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit on the call. And then they'll play on CBS National Television, Brad Nessler and that SEC crew before SEC football actually kicks off. What can BYU do in those two weeks to try and uh, take advantage of the added spotlight and what could it propel them to this season? Yeah, I mean, these early weeks are going to be a good spotlight for BYU, for a group of five schools who are going to get those national attention. You know, Arkansas State-Memphis is the first ESPN primetime game on September 5th. So it's an opportunity to show that there is football worth paying attention to outside of the Power Five, outside of the Top 25. I'm someone who covers the group of five in my job, and it's it's nice to see that these schools are going to get some spotlight because there are some really good teams there. And if you look at BYU's schedule, you know, there's a lot of wins on there. And if you can make a good impression early on, especially those early primetime games, it could propel you to something like a top 25 ranking in a season where a lot of those top 25 teams aren't actually playing. Yeah, only 76 FBS teams. So we, we've been talking about, okay, we, we say we put the blue goggles on, right, if we're going to be overly <laughs> positive. Uh, but BYU does have an opportunity to get in the top 25. If BYU beats Navy and Army, are, are they knocking on the door? Are they, are they in, potentially? It, it, it depends. Army obviously had a tough year last year. Navy was good, but they're without Malcolm Perry. Kind of depends maybe how those games go. I, it, it's 
it's going to depend. How do you rank a say a two and O BYU compared to a zero and zero SEC team? You know, th that's the big question that we've never really had to kind of handle before. So I rank all seven, I guess now 76 teams every week. I used to do the 130, now it'll be 76. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. I'm part of me is leaning toward at least two weeks in. If you haven't played yet, I'm going to throw you way down my rankings. I, I, I'm kind of inclined to put teams that have played two games ahead of teams that haven't played. So it's going to be very strange how to figure this out, but everything about the season is going to be strange. <laughs> we, we, amen to that. We just want BYU above Utah because they aren't playing. So be, <laughs> if, here's the thing. If BYU well, that'll loses... Happen. That'll happen. They'll, yeah. they'll be unranked in, in, in the top 76. If BYU loses the first game, though, is Utah ranked higher? Oh, shoot. Don't even give, <laughs> don't give anybody the idea. Chris Vanini with us on BYU Sports Nation. Chris, when you look at the eight games that BYU has scheduled right now, what's a fair expectation for BYU? Because we've been throwing around numbers like 7-1, and one, uh, minimum 6-2. and two. What do you think is a fair expectation for BYU with the eight announced games? Yeah, I think 6-2, and 7-1 and one is, is what I look at it as well, that the games that are toss-ups are probably Navy, Army, Houston, Western Kentucky, maybe Troy, maybe. But Houston should be better uh, this year. Clayton Toon, the, the second year under Dana Holgerson, they should be better. Western Kentucky kind of came out of nowhere last year to be very strong. They've got a really good defense. They need to figure out quarterback and figure out what they want to do on offense. And then those first two games, when I, when I saw Navy get added to the schedule and then Army get added, my, my first thought was I feel really bad for those BYU defensive coaches who have to, and those defensive linemen, who now have to deal with triple options and cut, cut blocks basically on a month's notice. You know, when I, a couple years ago, I, I spent a couple days behind the scenes at SMU, and in the spring, they, they spent a whole day, the final day of spring practice, they used that just to prepare for the triple option because they were going to have to play Navy that year. That's how big of a deal it is to play these teams. And to get it on one month's notice, I know it looked like coaches that said they, the defense coordinator said they'd, they'd never really gone against it before. So uh, that's going to be tough, and you just hope everybody everybody's legs come out okay. Yeah, and luckily, BYU has them back-to-back, -back, I guess, with a bye week between. Um, we've talked about uh, September 12th. There were openings with other, say, Power 5 and or quality group of five teams, but we're of the opinion, hey, don't play because it's East Coast trip Monday night. You don't want to play a short week, and, and uh, even if it's a home game, you just went through the ringer, and then you're going back East again on a Saturday afternoon game. We're of the opinion that it's in BYU's best interest probably to play, not play that week and have a bye week between those two games. What do you think? Yeah, the, the teams that usually play Monday, it's usually an ACC game or something like that, they typically have a cupcake team that next Saturday anyway, not to mention they don't have to fly cross country. So it, I, I think it makes sense to, to, to take some time off in between those two games if you want to keep your team healthy and ready for, for the rest of the season. Chris, what's the best case scenario for BYU? Let's say they, and I, I feel like I should actually put on this, some physical blue is, goggles. This is what we do, Chris. Okay. We put on these goggles. Okay. Yeah. So to, to even put this out there, let's say BYU goes undefeated. What's the best-case scenario for BYU with the strange circumstances and the weaker schedule? I don't think an 8-0 BYU is going to be in the college football playoff conversation. I do think, you know, an 11-0 UCF could be. But I don't think eight, eight games is enough to get you there, not to mention the teams that you're playing. Um, 
Now, ain't no, who, I don't know what bowl game situation is going to be like. That is obviously completely up in the air. But say there is a bowl game. Say they do go nine and zero. Go ahead and claim a national championship. I don't care. <laughs> it, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a weird season. I'm all for everybody claiming whatever they want to do. Undefeated, go wild. Uh, I guess that'd probably be your best case scenario. Okay, is it? crazy to think that BYU for the first time ever with an undefeated schedule could put those back on. All right. I'll put it back on. Okay. Could sneak into a new year's six game because there are only 76 teams instead of 130. And there are 12 spots to fill in the new year's six. Possible. I I don't know how a lot of these games are going to go because they have contracts with different conferences. And what what is it? You got to be in the top. 12, I think, to be New Year's 6 or something like that, if, it, if you're UCF or yeah. if you're a group of five teams. But not BYU, right? Yeah, yeah. independent is a whole separate deal. There's going to have to be a lot of openings, and I guess there will be openings. So it's possible. I mean, I imagine that if there's a Fiesta Bowl, they'd probably be pretty open to doing something like that. So I, I guess it's possible. The postseason is so hard to figure out right now because there, there are more bowl slots than there are teams going to be playing, period. So that has yet to be figured out playoff crew the playoff committee they say they're going forward doing their meetings and everything but there's a lot that still has yet to be figured out i say play in two bowls why not there'll be opportunities (laughs) (laughs) chris uh, always great to talk with you uh we enjoy reading your stuff and look forward to your all 76 rankings for the time being uh what are you working on now and where can we find it I am currently working on conference previews, which I didn't really know if I was going to be have to do those or not, uh, along with the 76. So those will be coming out over the weekend and going into next week. We'll have conference previews on all six conferences that are playing. I know BYU is obviously not in one of those, but I'll have the 76 up on probably Monday. So theathletic.com uh, got all sorts of discounts and stuff. If you're a subscriber, hope you guys check us out. Fantastic. Chris, thanks so much for the time. We'll uh, definitely be reading up. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Chris Vanini on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. And if BYU's like 3-0, we should probably mail him some goggles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, should, we should probably mail a lot of goggles out. I almost point. feel bad for asking those questions. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to put pressure on BYU, who's no, won 18 no. games the last three years, to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, put up, Before you ask it, put on the blue goggles. Yeah, exactly. Put okay. them back on. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. There's a new thing that has come about naturally on the show. Yes. Through our discussions and what's trending. It Mm -hmm. is called the Group of Five Anxiety Index. This is based on... Three years of BYU being less than 50% against group of five teams. 11 wins, 12 losses over the last three seasons against a group of five. Now, you've brought this up, and I think it's an incredibly valid point. Dare say, I dare say salient a second time on this show. That's a big word for me. Our G5 Anxiety Index presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. You've brought up this stat, and I think it's legit. So what I want to do here is ask you, game by game, mm-hmm. where your like what the index level is out of 100 okay. for a specific game based on who they are, what they do, where it is in the schedule, all of that. Okay, So let's walk through this. It's, it's based on group of five, G5. Okay, okay. There's no okay. G5s on here. 
First game, September 7th at Navy. Right down the middle, Jaron, 50%. Blaine Fowler brought up some great points. Navy runs a very, very specific scheme. Road game, it's going to be a weird environment, but BYU is typically good in, in openers, in season openers. Yes, because they don't play good teams. They'll be excited. It's a good team. The energy of Monday Night Football will be fun. Yes. So 50-50, and they've split the previous two meetings, one and one. Okay. 50-50 for okay, Navy. Okay, 50-50. September 19th at Army. 25%. The, oh, the cadets are going to work hard, and they're going to be well-prepared. And, I mean, they've, they've done some great things other than last season over the, the recent past. But is going to have 12 days to prepare and recover after playing Navy against, Similar scheme. against a team that's not as good as Navy right, right now. Right. So 25% okay. I like BYU. Low, I'm feeling good. Okay, BYU comes home September 26th, plays in front of who knows how many fans. Troy. Troy. 15%, Jaron. BYU is going to win this game handily. Like, Ooh, they'll like take that. care of business at like home against that. Detroit Trojans. Okay. TBD. This is a reported game. Not official. Texas State. It's going to be October, you'd think, 2nd, 3rd, or 24th. We'll see. I'm even more confident against Texas State. The Bobcats have no shot in Provo. 10%. We should go Texas State. Yeah. <laughs> it's, te- it, it's Texas, Jeremy. If Texas BYU is, doesn't have a problem against Texas if, teams? If Texas is in the name... Low anxiety. What's the win streak against teams from Texas? I want to know that. <laughs> October 10th. This is a reported game. UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Another Texas team, Jerem. You should be in the Big 12. Let's go. Listen, the Roadrunners, they have their way in Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. not at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Wiley Coyote is going to feast. The Cougars are going to feast on the Roadrunners 5%. The Roadrunner endangered? I don't know the answer to that. October 16th. What you say is the toughest game on the schedule yes. right now. Yes. Houston. See... Because Houston is a name brand and coming to Provo, my anxiety level is a little bit lower. If this game were at Houston, I would feel exponentially more worried about the Cougars and Cougars. Uh, Only 33? 33%. Basically, I'm saying if BYU and Houston played this game 10 times, I think the Cougars would win six or seven. Yeah. How's your anxiety level based on this music? Higher than I anticipated it would be. It's It's like a a mystery. Yes. Yes. Okay. October 31st, Halloween. Western Kentucky. I'm absolutely terrified of this game. Oh, I'm terrified of this game because it reeks of Toledo. Ah. It reeks of Northern Illinois, Jerem. Smell that? Smells like Toledo. <sighs> There's something about teams, that part of the country, this part of the season. BYU could potentially be a little bit worn out. Who knows if they're going to schedule worn another game? Worn out from game. playing Texas State and UTSA? Well, who knows if BYU's going to schedule a game on October 24th? True. Okay, and what if it's Cincinnati or something, and it's on the road? Every they're game that BYU at. schedules from now on, I think, is going They'll to be, be on a, the road. Could be a road game based on the reported. Western Kentucky freaks me out. Okay. 70. 70%. They top the anxiety list. The Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers, the exact. Big, yeah. Red, Big Red freaks me out on Halloween. And it's on Halloween, Jerem. That's a great point. Okay, and last but not least, November 21st, probably live on BYU TV. Okay. North Alabama. Uh, Alabama, 1 million percent. North Alabama. Not applicable. Not, a, not as much. Not applicable, Jim. Not applicable. Okay. <laughs> Just not there. Let's walk through the schedule as if we did our, uh, you know, thing. Texas State. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. University of Texas. San Antonio. Uh-huh. Western Kentucky. <laughs> North Alabama. <laughs> Sounds like a legit schedule, right? Okay, that's that's good. Okay, that wraps up what we know of the BYU Group Five Anxiety Index. These numbers will shift as the season progresses, as we learn about right, teams. Right, right. But um, right now, Western Kentucky 
freaks me out, man. And there's a there's a sort of uh, you know during the season we're going to find out. Yeah, they get better or they're worse or injuries or COVID or whatever. But this this is legit because your point of eleven and twelve the last three. What the heck? And coming up uh, perhaps tomorrow or later this week, we'll discuss the should why BYU should beat this team's comment because we agree that they should. And I think you do too. You probably have blue goggles like us. Is well, wait a minute. Why should they if they are eleven and twelve against group of fives the last three years? Yeah, we will discuss the new. There's a lot of nuance to that, but why they should or actually should not, we'll discuss that later. At worst, right now, Jeremy. At worst, BYU goes six and two against the eight games we just presented. I think so. As at well. worst, and, and I'm thinking Navy and Houston are the two games. I'm if if there were losses, if we knew there were two losses, I would go probably Navy and then Houston, and if not, maybe Army. Western Kentucky is the wild well. card, right? That the anxiety is right. just real. I'm with you. I'm not as uh, you know. I don't have as much anxiety about Army, although a little bit. Let's see how BYU performs against Navy. If BYU struggles against Navy, then we'll have more anxiety against Army because it's a similar system of uh, style of offense, right? And, and uh, similar makeup of personnel and in, in who they present. But uh, let's let's see how it plays out. And again, the schedule is not complete. BYU does have six official games, eight reported. Of those reported games, there are six home games there, like you mentioned. So if BYU's playing anybody else, they're going to hit the road, Jack. And let's see if it's Cincinnati How or difficult. others. And, and I would think that Tom Homo's looking at this going, I need a, another good game or two on here. Is App State calling Provo and saying, hey, come play us here? Is there a Power 5 available? I would think they would have announced it by now, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, I spoke with uh, the voice of UCF football on yeah, Friday. Yeah, listen to it. Mark Daniels. Good job. And um, he pointed out something at, at the end of our conversation that UCF already has their schedule in place. So unless they decide to add more games to what they already have, that's probably not going to happen. So I don't think BYU is going to play 21st-ranked UCF, but would they I schedule st- number 20 Cincinnati? I, s- I still want Cincinnati on there. Let's go. It is time for Not Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines Keep Climbing. And, uh, yeah, Top 5 Tuesdays generally feature some of the best moments in BYU history. Today, not so much. These ones left scratching our heads. Jerem, start us off. Number 5. Before BYU got beat handily by Wisconsin in 2017 at home, there was a parachutist representing the Navy SEALs gliding into Lavelle and saying, well, he goes into the North Barrier. Oh! Seems like he was okay. He or she. Um, and we saw this on Canada Kickoff. We were like, that looked painful. Is he okay? We should have known it was going to be a terrible day for BYU yeah. football against Wisconsin Look. when this opened it up. Look at the Red Sea part. The ROTC is like, uh, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Number four. We've all seen missed field goals. Those kickers. Uh, we've even seen some that weren't close. Then there's this from Justin Sorensen. It's hard to even see where the ball is. Watch that. <laughs> Wide left, just a just a bit outside. What happened? <laughs> Listen, I love Justin from a whopping twenty eight yards away. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> JD falls on like, the hold. I feel like that's what I would do. JD, what happened, man? <laughs> yeah, I blame JD. Uh, three, when second stringer Bo Hodge got a concussion against Utah State, Coy Detmer Jr. took over and started warming up. Drops the pass, and Tanner Mangum gives a look that I think we all kind of gave, which was like, oh no. Uh, what's going to happen? <laughs> Look at Tanner Mangum's face. Tanner's in a boot. He's hurt. He got hurt against Utah. 
Utah State, Cordetmer drops uh, this, and then Tanner's like, oh, boy. It's going to be rough. <laughs> Coy Detmer Jr. went on to great success, by the way, what? in Texas uh, at a smaller school hey, in D2 or D3. He tore it up, baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And that typified the 2017 season. At number two, Boise State, 2018. Okay. Oh. Do we have to? <laughs> Fourth and 19. Your own five yard line. Nothing else needs to be said. Let us take in a moment of silence for what happened that night. There's a mini miracle. A moment of silence, Spencer. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> There's a mini miracle that happened after this play, Jerem. What happened? Boise State did not score. Who cares? And the not top five number one play. Jay Keeps, Utah, 2011. Tries to pick up and throw fumble snaps, slips through his hands. This would also typify, unfortunately, the career of Jake Keeps at BYU, and that was really rough. That was a terrible day. 54-10? Was that the score? I've literally put it out of my mind. Yes. That I was uh, the sideline reporter on the game for us. Oh, and, oh, and by the way, Utah dropped uh, eight. and uh, No, they, they dropped nine. Jeremy. No, there were three there. Watch there. Three. Oh, okay. okay. But, uh, yeah. A delayed but third you're, you're missing the point! <laughs> Jake lost the ball. You know what? You know who dropped one? Jay Keeps. Okay, but bad snap, okay? Bad snap, and then it was it just got worse from there. Okay? Really? The snap is what we're highlighting here. Well, I'm saying it's... <laughs> what happened? I'm still upset about that nine years later. <laughs> of course, we're going to go from the not top, not top five to this question. Of the Why do we have to end by showing those plays? <laughs> I'm, I'm just no. bugged now. It's amazing. We go from that to the, this question. <laughs> Is this season BYU's best chance at playing a New Year's Six Bowl game? We're on both ends of the spectrum on this show, <laughs> Why, man. Why not? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mantra Resort from LJ Pearson, one on Twitter. Blue goggles firmly on. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Due to clean living. Get out of here. Staying healthy. That has nothing to do with this. Following the honor code. What of, does that have to do with anything? Uh, BYU stripling warriors will conquer all and be the last team standing by New Year's. Don't bring religion into this. It doesn't help BYU win. <laughs> the best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. The brand new Associated Press Top 25 poll drops today. The voters were instructed to include teams that are playing in conferences that say they will not play in the fall. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not sure that works, but expect to see Ohio State number two. I imagine the week one poll will only include teams that actually play games, but who knows? BYU is very much in on playing as many games as possible. Jerem, will the Cougars be ranked in the top 25 at any point this season? They better be because this schedule is setting up for BYU to win a lot of games. I I think initially there might be a loss or two out of the gate. We'll see. Navy is a tough opponent on the road. As we've mentioned, the team that was a top 25 team when the season ended, that's a goal that BYU has, is to finish as a team that is ranked in the end. And we like the AP poll better than the coaches poll. We think that the sports information directors are the ones actually voting, and even then they're not watching. But the writers, they're at least trying to pay attention, albeit most on the East Coast not watching Pac-12 football. But I digress. I think BYU should be in the top 25 at some point this year, and the, this adjusted thing with just the 76 teams that are playing. If they are not, I think it's an abject failure. Because we believe that BYU 
This is the 14th article of faith. We believe that BYU will be better this year, right? Because juniors and seniors that have been playing as freshmen and sophomores, not backups that are now starting, that's different. Guys that have experience, a junior, upperclassman, healthy quarterback in Zach Wilson, the continuity of the coaching staff, couple that with a much weaker schedule. BYU should win a lot. If BYU starts 4-0, they should be in the top 25. If BYU doesn't start 4-0 and they have a loss or two, Perhaps it's 6-2 and two or something going into November. I don't know. But I, I believe that if BYU's not in this at some point with 76 teams, not 130, then that's abject failure this year. Jeremy, if BYU is not in the top 25 after a 3-0 and or 4-0 and start, then clearly there's some East Coast bias happening. It's BYU against the rest of the country because BYU is the only team in the West. Or BYU lost. <laughs> if BYU starts undefeated, they're in. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of teams in the central time zone that are playing college football. Yeah, there are a couple of paths uh, for BYU to get into the top 25. You beat Navy and Army. You win two road games against the service academies. And more importantly, Jeremy, you do so with a ton of eye balls on you that that will factor into this everybody's gonna be watching BYU Navy on Monday night football on ESPN and then before SEC football kicks off on the 26th CBS is slated in there so 130 kickoff CBS national television if BYU wins both of those games on the road get they're gonna be receiving some votes and then they come home and if not in sure they could yeah Yeah. they come home take care of Troy 3-0, 3-0, they're, they're Maybe they're ranked. in right there. They're ranked, yeah. baby. Yeah. Now, if BYU loses one of the first two games, then I think they probably can only lose one game based on the difficulty of schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah. This so is an easy schedule right now. BYU would have to probably go, I mean, based on the six games official and two that are reported, 7-1 and one against those eight teams to feel comfortable about being in the final AP top 25. Right. And who knows how many games everybody plays when this is all said and done, right? I'm telling you right now, expect a game or two or three or four, I don't know how many, to not be played at all because there were too many positive tests or the other team had too many positive tests or whatever. I I expect there to be at least one game canceled because of that, if not more. Now, you brought up something interesting with the the, uh, East Coast thing. So a lot of times we're like, dude, BYU's on ESPN2 at home, this is great. I would argue that it's not as great if the kick at home is 821 or 826 Mountain Time because what is prime time technically? It's 6 to 11. So on the East Coast, how long is BYU in prime time for those 826 kicks? 40 minutes. 34 minutes exactly. Okay. Now, there are those that stay up past 11, of course. But when, it, when is the game decided? Is it decided in the first quarter? Oh, no, no, it's decided in the fourth quarter, typically, unless you're blowing out that team. So the, the, the idea that BYU is playing at what, 8 Eastern on, on Monday Night Football? Was that the time? And then uh, 3.30 Eastern. Is exa- you bring up a great point. That's exactly right. BYU is going to have a ton of eyeballs on those games. BYU is going to be the only team in the West. It's, we, need to, we need to rally around that idea even more. The, the, the West team. The only team in the West. BYU. It's so weird that BYU is the only team in the West playing oh, right it's now. East Coast bias versus BYU. It's, yeah. It, you want to feel what it's like to be in the Pac-12? BYU is going to get that this year. Uh, One million percent. Now, B, now also, I didn't think of this till this moment with the TV times. There's always been this like, alright, we're going to schedule, you know, kind of East Coast gets you know, first pick and whatnot, and you kind of move West in terms of like night games and times. We don't know times on uh, you know, four of the six officially announced games, six of the eight reported games. BYU is going to get this incredible spot and opportunity 
no matter when they play late Nobody at night. Nobody else is going to be playing. No one will be on but Brigham. <laughs> so that's, that's really exciting. And I think there are a ton of advantages to this. And I've said it twice. I'm going to keep saying it. I am so happy that the Board of Trustees has not shut this down for BYU football. I think this is really important. BYU likes to be different. BYU likes to be ultra-conservative, right? That's based on the, the religion, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here. The idea that BYU is trying to play and stick out and represent fits perfectly with what this institution means and what the football team is and sort of represents and what the religion is, right? So I, I'm super happy with BYU's attempt to at least play. I don't, I don't care that the schedule is super weak and a bunch of people are like, dude, you finally get your schedule. No, no, no. I want two to three power fives a year. This is not the schedule I want. This is almost too easy. But I'm excited to see this team against the schedule because guess what? Besides everyone playing in COVID, which is a big deal, I understand. There's no excuses for BYU now. It's like, go out and play. Go out and play. You, national spotlight. This is everything BYU's always wanted, to be the team that be, people are talking about. And guess what? When you're the only team who wants to Texas play ball, people are talking about you. You can go ahead and pencil BYU into that lone, late window every Saturday night right. for the entire season. And the top 25's out. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about it. Clemson won. Mm-hmm. What's up, Dabo? Ohio State 2, as you mentioned. Yep. Three Bama. So then we go to the end of the poll where it's a little interesting with group of five teams. Minnesota, Minnesota at 19, Cincinnati at 20. So the highest ranked group of five teams. Cincy. I still want Cincy on this schedule for BYU. 21 UCF, 22 Utah. Un- unloaded the whole defense, basically. Lost the battery and some linemen on offense. Uh, 22, 23 Iowa State, 25 Tennessee. Tennessee ends up going 8-4 last year, 8-5, and and that ends up being a good win. Let's remember that the next season going into the year, they were preseason. Remember when Minnesota and Utah were on BYU's schedule forever ago? Yeah. Like, I can't remember that. That's crazy. (laughs) I thought Minnesota would be a little higher. But we're talking about will they be ranked. They've got to get ranked. And it's, it's been a minute since BYU was ranked, and it hasn't been that much during the Sataki era the last four years, so this would be significant. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom is our friend Cam Meller of SB Nation, College Football Insider. Cam, it is wonderful to have you back on the show, and it is even more wonderful that we are discussing actual football that will be played. It's wonderful to be back. Thanks for having me, but it's it's even more wonderful to, and I was just telling you guys, to prove the naysayers wrong. To those that thought we weren't going to have some sort of college football season, we have college football this Saturday and then a full slate next week. It's, it's uh, as exciting as can be. Yeah, and I was one of those people where I was like, it sounds like, we may not have this, so this is a good feeling. Uh, let's talk about this. We were talking about what we call a blue-goggled topic, meaning, okay, does BYU have uh, – is this their best chance to make the New Year's Six? The schedule's a little weaker. We think BYU will be better. Uh, two Power Five leagues not playing. We don't know how the New Year's Six is going to play, but what are your thoughts on this crazy August 25th topic we've thrown out? <laughs> <laughs> it is a little crazy. I think this is the year of a Cinderella team of a school or independent school that gets in. I just don't know with six games and maybe even two more and eight game schedule that that warrants enough when you're going to have a team like Cincinnati or 
UCF that's going to be uh, 10 and one, maybe with an ACC AAC championship game in there. So I think it's a little bit more difficult if we get these full schedules for the teams like that, those teams that are already in the top 25. And then once we drop off those big 10 and Pac-12 schools out of the top 25, these teams rocket already into the top eight, essentially UCF and Cincinnati. So I think it's a little bit more difficult. I think this helps BYU for publicity. And, and I think it gets them on the national stage a little bit more than I think they might have been usually. So I think it's good overall for the season, but it's a lot more difficult with just six games guaranteed or confirmed so far to get to, to crack that national top 25 picture. BYU hopes to get to 10 to 12 games. Does that change things for you if they have that amount of games and have perhaps Absolutely. another quality group of five team on there? Absolutely. And especially if you could add one of those teams that's in the group of five conversation for best team of their conference. Uh, but it all then relies on Zach Wilson's shoulders. So uh Here's hoping that I'm right, and here's hoping that Zach is uh, is who I think he can be this year, too. Okay, you bring up uh, the topic, the quarterback, who is uh, getting ready for his junior season, Cam. We know that you love Zach. What are your expectations for him this year? Not coming off shoulder surgery and at least currently not dealing with a broken thumb. Yeah, no injuries, no gauntlet of Power 5 teams to run through to start the season. He kind of gets to to not coast into a Navy defense, but it gets to coast into the season essentially for what he's used to uh, from his previous two seasons. So I think no injuries, a healthy bill of you know offseason essentially with, with no spring ball to get himself hurt. This is a guy who beats you with his legs just as easy as he beats you with his arms, but I think that he can if he can rely on that shoulder and rely on some receivers to step up for him this year, Zach Wilson turns into a household name across the country. Okay, you've been big on Zach, and let's let's explore that again now that he is an upperclassman. A lot of times we're like, hey, freshman or sophomore, show us something. And he's show, shown us some things, but there have been some injuries, right, and uh, tough schedules and whatnot. But you've talked about him being a, a big-time player. The numbers don't scream big-time player from last year, but you've helped clarify some of that, especially with interceptions. So what was the number again? You said six of the nine picks you didn't feel like were his fault or something from last year? I had... I had seven that I deemed were not his fault. You wow. look at it, there's receiver error, there is drops, there's misrun, misrun routes, there's different situations, passes batted at the line of scrimmage that, you know, changed the trajectory. Uh, the one against Hawaii, I mean, it's thrown to the spot where the receiver's hands are. It just goes right through his hands and it's a pick. I mean, this is the one against uh, Washington, I think, maybe, or something. I forget. I've, I've watched them times. They all run but seven of those nine were not deemed his fault. And granted, I was proven that there are a couple others that maybe he had a couple dropped interceptions too. So not quite, he should have been nine, but it shouldn't maybe have just been two either. So cleaning a little bit of that up, but I think this clean bill of health uh, and then a third year of the program, you know, you get a little bit smarter, you get a little bit better. Where do you feel like he's going to ch- take the biggest leap this year? I think it's going through the progressions. I think it's, you, you look at the jump from sophomore to junior, it happens from freshman to sophomore, but I think sophomore to junior, you start seeing these guys understand the play calls. They're not worried about what they just said in the huddle, or they're not worried about what the coach is thinking about from the previous play. The, the maturity starts to age, and then you see the progression start to get a little bit of the field. So if number one is covered, number two is covered, he understands to dump it off or get out of the pocket and evade some run routes, some defenders to, to you know gain some yards. Live and play another down, but go through your progressions a little bit better in the junior year. Cam Eller of SB Nation with us on BYU Sports Nation. Cam, you talked about the increased exposure that BYU will experience because they're playing on ESPN Monday Night Football on September 7th, and then they'll play in front of a national audience on CBS when they travel to West Point and take on Army for the first time ever. You said Zach Wilson could become a household name. Are the two games enough for Zach to propel himself into the national spotlight based on those TV windows? 
I think so. I think absolutely. I think Monday Night Football, essentially, this is going to be one of the more watched games, uh, not of just week one, but like season. It's Monday Night Football, for crying out loud. Get it on TV. Navy has a, a very distinct and unique large following, as does Army. So I think these two, maybe they're not the biggest of the of the schools in terms of, of group of five or independent play that you can have, but I do think that those such unique, distinct followings and then such a – and this is huge for their offense or their defense as well, not just for Zach. So I think Zach can, can do what he can do against these defenses, but also for the BYU defense to sort of prove that they are maybe a little bit better than last year and stop their, those tricky option offenses that each of those two are going to run. So that that's probably an underrated aspect of these games too. What other individuals uh, are you looking at the first couple of weeks? Uh, Brady Christensen, left tackle. He's another guy. If Zach doesn't vault himself into, you know, a household name, Brady Christensen can prove that he is a first round talent this season as well. And I think against some of these talented edge rushers that army always presents and Navy presents too. This is uh this is Brady Christensen time to just sort of set the edge. Uh, and then other than that, Matt Bushman, I mean, who doesn't want to watch Bushman play? Maybe even James Empey as well, sort of solidify the fact that he is one of the top interior linemen uh, for the next year's draft as well, but also in all of college football. So I think those three on the offensive line, I think, or those three total on offense plus Zach Wilson uh, is who I'm really looking for. Anybody on defense to go? Uh, Peyton Wilger. I mean, if you you have an amazing season last year, this guy does just about everything that you would want him to as a three down linebacker. So Another year in the system, another year of health uh, off season as well. And this is a, I think it turns into maybe the best sophomore linebacker uh, at the lower level, not the power five. And even sort of getting to that way, we've seen Carlton Marshall from Troy sort of vault himself after a sophomore year in group of five to people saying, okay, this is an NFL guy. And I think that's sort of what, where Wilgar can be after the end of the year. Cam Miller with us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned that this year might be the year of the Cinderella. Jeremy and I just went through the mathematics of it and there are only 76 Division I college teams playing rather than 130. There are 12 spots in the New Year's Six, so that's a 15% chance for all of these 76 teams to somehow end up in a New Year's Six bowl game. With no Power Five, or sorry, with two Power Five conferences sitting out, is this the year that two Group of Five teams sneak into New Year's Six games, or maybe one Group of Five and an independent BYU? I I can see two. I can see two pretty easily. I can see even, but at that point, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm a, so I'm a UCF Homer born and raised in Orlando, even though I didn't go there, they're probably my second favorite, but national I think champs, that UCF's baby. not a national champ. They're recognized. I just got to tell my wife about that last night about that. They're actually officially recognized as a national champion. nowadays. <laughs> I, love I think they're not a Cinderella if they make it. So I think at that, then yes, I think there is room for another one of a group of five. And then, I mean, BYU. Yeah. You'd have to add a few more games. Uh, get to even 10, I think, to to be confident. But, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it. You have the Rose Bowl. It's completely open. No automatic bids there, too. So, I mean, you have that as an new new schools. Let's face it, the Pac-12 never put anybody else in there anyway. So, Pac-12, <laughs> yeah, other than the Rose Bowl, Pac-12 never put anybody else anywhere else. So, at that point, losing the Big Ten is probably the biggest asset to to the group of five, getting another school in there. Yeah, and Rose ends up being one of the semifinals, I think, this year. So those spots are unoccupied anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, who who has your uh, group of five uh, vision right now in terms of who's the best team? I thought Boise State was going to make a real run at it this year with seven home games. They had Florida State at home. They return a lot. Um, the AAC is the the squad, right? App State maybe wants to make a little run here. But uh, who who in the AAC sticks out for you? 
it uh i mean the the main powers recently cincinnati and ucf but i really am i'm interested to see what happens uh with usf this year they have players returning on defense and maybe the best secondary in the group of five so i think this is a team that if they get a little bit of plus play at the quarterback position this year if jordan mcleod can sort of step up and be a little bit better uh, I think they're they're returning some some pretty solid players on offense. They're a little lean elsewhere, but I think their secondary you know stops what you need to stop, and that's the pass in the AAC. So I think USF can surprise people, but I think I'd have to go chalk and say UCF or Cincinnati are probably the top two. App State up there as well, and then watch out for Arkansas State too. No, no Memphis love. No Memphis love. I think it's a hard loss anytime you lose your head coach, uh, and then you see what happens after that. We'll see how they utilize. Can't can't have much high hopes for them until we see maybe a week one or week two action from them. BYU obviously has Navy on the schedule out of the AAC. They also have a home game against Houston. Should BYU fans be worried about what Houston is scheduled to bring to Provo in October? It's super interesting to see who actually plays for Houston again this year. We saw them, (laughs) what, don a bunch of seniors that played four games, took their red shirt, and now they're back, but then they lose their quarterback. So if Clayton Toon can be a little bit better than what we saw down the stretch for him when he got in for De'Aaron King, I think Toon is a solid player. Marquette Stevenson is maybe the fastest player in the entire country, so you have to be able to stop their passing attack. So I think Houston, yes, you should absolutely be pretty scared of what Houston can do on side of the ball. And the defense is sort of a lackluster last year, but they do have some some pretty solid players in the interior as well. So I think mainly if you stop Marquette Stevenson and stop the passing attack at Houston, you have a pretty good shot at winning. Feels like the national championship game is somewhat predictable at this point, yet – it's kind of fun when it isn't, right? So there seem to be three top-heavy teams, Ohio State not in the mix, or so we think, right? Uh, obviously, Alabama and Clemson. Who else do you think's in the mix to compete for the national championship in this uh, unique season? You know, I, until Lincoln Riley proves me wrong, I have to assume that this is a guy that's going to field one of the better quarterbacks in the entire country whenever he trots out, whoever he trots out to be behind center. So I'll go the winner of the Red River, Red River rivalry nowadays, we have to call it, not the shootout. So Oklahoma or Texas, I think at this point, Ellinger and you're what feels like you're seven at Texas for Sam <laughs> Ellinger. Uh, this guy, I think that he's he's taken it there. He's awesome. One of the better college quarterbacks or Texas quarterbacks of all time and it's such an illustrious program, but he, he needs something to cement it. maybe one of the best to ever do it at Texas. So Texas can do it. I'm not ready to say Texas is back yet, although we will hear that for sure in the coming <laughs> weeks that Texas is back. But Texas or Oklahoma, and I'd give the edge to Oklahoma based upon their offensive line returning this year. I can't wait for Texas to win that opening game and hear it. Texas back. is back! It's like, really? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cam, great to catch up with you, man, and uh, we appreciate the football insight. Uh, For those that want to read more, where can they go to read your material? Uh, SBNation.com is probably the easiest way to find me. Twitter, everything is uh, everything national at least, so Twitter, and it's just very simply Cam Meller. I'm always out there tweeting whatever I can about college football. Sounds good, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me again. Cam Miller on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I love bringing Cam on. Great insight, great, uh, you know, deep thought. He watches film, he assesses. And there's probably not a bigger fan of Zach Wilson outside the Wilson family than Cam Miller. He worked he with Pro Football Focus Zach for a Wilson. while. Yes. Now he's with SB Nation. Yes. He's a guy that is uh, a student of the game, no yeah, question. Absolutely. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio.
This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem, we have reached that point of fall camp where our rash assumptions are coming to a close. Presented by Tim Daly Ford. We don't know much. All we know is one or maybe two players involved in a play. We're seeing it for the first time with you, and we will make our rash assumptions as these videos begin. Up first, Kyra's Tonga and Baylor Romney. Okay, ho- hopefully Baylor's okay. Oh, look at big Kyrus. Okay, Kyrus gets it into the backfield, and then that's just called a sack. So he's 95. He just goes through the vaunted offensive line and shows up. So this looks like the – are those the second stringers? Or are those the first, the ones? Uh, rash assumption, that would not have been a sack. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just call it that. Yeah. And you can see the, the masks there that they're using, that they used to breathe. Neil Powell said your breath comes back to you. It's like, that's the idea. Keep it in there. Okay, next one. Morgan Piper breaks up a Zach Wilson pass. Mm-hmm. Morgan Piper, not a name you've probably heard of. Kind of a kind of a blind breakup here. Uh, rash assumption is coach uh, was probably like, hey, turn around, catch the ball. Rash uh, assumption that may have been pass interference. <laughs> you think so? Hand, no. hand in the pocket, right hand there. Is his head all the way around? Yeah. Was there That's, contact to the jersey of the uh, opponent trying to catch? No. Okay, maybe not. Looks pretty clean. Rash assumption. Zach Wilson needs to throw the ball higher. That's Isaac Rex, right? He's six six. Throw it higher throw it to your tight end where <laughs> only he can L- get it. Literally, put it up at 10 feet. He'll grab it. Morgan Piper is it turned around. In flag football, that would have been P.I. Okay. <laughs> Next this one. is real football. Another from Zach Wilson, this time featuring freshman phenom wide receiver out of California, Cody Epps. Oh, I'm excited about Cody okay. Epps. Okay. Oh, oh, nice. We, this this kid put up like a million yards at Matter Day last year, and BYU somehow got him. I'm, I'm so excited. Good defense. On Sh- by Shimon Willis. Yeah, Shimon Willis right there. This is an excellent throw, excellent placement. I'm excited to see Cody Epps. I Drop think, it in the bucket. I think he'll be like the number five guy on this team. Rash assumption, Jerem. Cody Epps will start at least one game for BYU oh, in 2020. For sure against uh, North Alabama at least, bro. Let's go. Two yeah. games. <laughs> Make it four. I, yeah, I'm excited about Cody Epps. I think he's going to play a player here. So, he's- yeah, that wraps up rash assumptions. It's been a fun ride to watch clips without seeing them beforehand, and make rash assumptions. Yes. Basically, and the overall rash assumption is that BYU will win the national championship this year. So, what? The season rash assumption? Is BYU, that BYU goes BYU undefeated. At su- in game one. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm stoked for Navy, which is in how many days? Uh-huh. Countdown to Navy. 12 days away. Woo! High tempo on that, man. 12 days Still away. I'm not used to that. It's, it's crazy. We're that close. I'm, I can't wait. Let's go. Let's whip it. Okay, Matt Bushman's 95th overall, 7th best tight end in ESPN's Todd McShay's preseason draft board. How much higher will he climb after this season? Matt Bushman has the potential, if BYU has a top 10 offense, Jerem, to be a second-round draft pick in the NFL. That'd be legit. I think he could be a second-day guy, second- or third-round draft Yeah, pick. he's not a first-day guy, but he is a second-day potential, second- or third-round kind of guy at his, at his highest. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake has named Jake Oldroyd the starting kicker and fr- uh, freshman Ryan Rico as the starting punter. Jerem, do you like this special teams combo? Yes. I want Jake Oldroyd to get back to first half of the season kicker because he was incredible. Nailed the first 50-plus yarder and 
14, 13 years at BYU. And Ryan Rico apparently is the truth of punter. I thought Jake Oldrow is a pretty good punter, too, by the way. And Rico is apparently a pretty good kicker, but Jake is better. It's nice to have that tandem back there that can do both. Yeah, and Rico must be really good because Skyler Southam chose to transfer. The Athletics' Bruce Feldman lists BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes as one of 15 college football coordinators to watch this fall. Which of the other BYU coaches do you think could make a name for themselves as well? I'll give you two. Number one, Aaron Roderick as the BYU quarterback's coach. If the BYU quarterback position excels this season, then you got to give more credit to Aaron Roderick. And we know that he had some impact and influence on the play calling last year. I imagine we'll have more of that from Aaron Roderick along with Jeff Grimes this year so he can make a name for himself. And then if the wide receivers emerge, Jerem, after losing so much production last year, watch out for Bessie Satake. His group and his team love him. He's a really good position coach. I would add Eric Mateos. I know there's Jeff Grimes' influence, but if the O-line is as legit as we think, you have to credit the offensive line coach as well, Eric Mateos. Love it. CBS Sports released their 2020 bowl projections. What? And they have BYU facing the fighting Lane Kiffin-coached Ole Miss Rebels in the Las Vegas Bowl. Are you interested? Uh, Yes, Power 5, Vegas, a bowl game happening at all. With Lane Kiffin? Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Could we get him on the show? Let's go. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sign me up right now. And remember, BYU is slated to play in an ESPN-owned bowl game in 2020. 2022 and 2024. The Cougars are slated to play in the Independence Bowl. Also ESPN. In 21, 23, and 25. But this year... So it's TBD. The free agency feels especially free because Uh, 76 teams are playing out of the 130. Everyone makes a bowl game. The NBA is looking at pushing back the NBA draft. How frustrating does this have to be for Yoli Childs? Because... He thought it would be June. He didn't know if he'd be drafted. Now he's sitting here waiting even longer. If it were anybody else besides Yoli Childs, I think the frustration would be at an all-time high. But he is like the most mature kid that I know at his age coming out of the BYU basketball program. He'll take it in stride. He's been through a lot. He had to sit out nine games. Yoli Childs not going to be impacted by this. Yeah, maybe maybe his paycheck or lack thereof is right. That's because, now that's frustrating because you thought you would be making money playing basketball at this point, but now it's like, well, just working out and doing whatever. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Last night we watched something unfold in the sports world that again takes the title of unprecedented. We've never seen this before. NBA playoff games boycotted. All three playoff games did not happen, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks deciding to not take the floor and purposely forfeit their games so that they could have a voice, so that they could make a peaceful protest for the Black Lives Matter movement. Then you watch the MLS. Five out of the six games that were scheduled yesterday did not happen. Three Major League Baseball games did not happen. It is uh, a unique time, and it has been fascinating to watch as these players collectively gather their voices to try and make a change in our culture. Yeah, and this is based off of uh, Jacob Blake being shot in the back seven times, right? And uh, I, I agree with this because what's happening right now, the narrative is not how many points did LeBron James score no. last night or Giannis Antetokounmpo in the series? It is Black Lives Matter again. And to be heard is a very important thing. If you feel like you're not heard, you get frustrated, right, in, in any walk of life. So 
I agree with and stand with those professional teams who have done this because when a man gets shot in the back seven times, that's not okay. And and I talked about this on my own Instagram last night. We need to figure out how to how to do this because we've had another situation here with someone. It was George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and now it's Jacob Blake, and there have been others, right, who it seems like have been unjustly dealt with. And there is a lot of nuance to this conversation. If you say Black Lives Matter, it does not mean you hate the police. That is not necessarily the case. I do not hate the police. I think there is a a middle ground that we need to seek in all of this. But the point is that we continue to have this issue. So black lives do matter. They matter at BYU. They matter everywhere. And this is important. And I agree with the protesting yesterday, and that will happen today. And we just found out moments ago the, the NBA does plan to resume play, that they want to be heard. Yeah. And, and change will not happen quickly. And it might not even happen at all, but it needs to. And uh, I agree with this. And I hope that we can figure out the best way to handle this so that people like Jacob Blake aren't pulled over just because they're black, maybe. We know that this happens. Um, and the chances of you and I being pulled over is very different, and that's not, that's not okay. And again, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation, but Black Lives Matter, and we need to, we need to continue this discussion. Who's available? When can BYU play him? I believe the moniker was any team, any time, anywhere. From Fresno State. <laughs> Throwing it back to Pat Hill. Pat right? Hill said that. No relation to taste. Okay, BYU and Independence, to a degree, has kind of taken that moniker on. Oh, yeah, too much. So That ideal, right? <laughs> yes, much to Jerem's chagrin based on tough schedules By in the, the way, recent past. Football Scoop put out an article this morning saying, yeah, many fans thought the schedule was too good. And I was like, fans, you say? <laughs> fans. I feel like I'm the poster boy of that. We're trying to figure out who... BYU could even possibly add to the already official eight games the Cougars have added, including the most recent with Texas State uh, and UT San Antonio. So by date, Jerem, and available opponent let's go. on the BYU schedule, let's break this down, starting with September 12th, week two. Okay, so we have who we know is available, and we're going to declare who we want. We, you, you brought it up first, and I agree. Don't play. Don't play, Don't play. on September 12th. Boston College and Virginia Open. Bronco Mendenhall said he doesn't plan on replacing the FCS game they lost, which is VMI. Uh, Boston College doesn't have a non-conference game out of the ACC. Cincinnati is available, but I say don't play this week because you don't want to go two Navy and two Army and have a third Central or Eastern time zone road game. No, then we're doing what BYU had been doing, which is loading it up up front. It's too tough. Granted, maybe it's one power five, but I would rather not play that week Looking at the whole season. Yeah, there are a bunch of available teams, including UCF. Yep. And then you get into Conference USA and the Sun Belt, Florida Atlantic, Marshall, Middle Tennessee, North Texas. BYU is not short on options in sept- on September 12th, but do you really want to play Navy and Army 12 days apart and try and... And a short week, by the way, after Navy, a Monday on the East exactly. Coast, coming back Tuesday morning. You want to try and fit Tough. another road game in between there? Now, if BYU were... Scheduled to play a home game on September 12th, that would be a little Against bit different. Against a cupcake. Sure. That'd be a little bit different. But it has to be like a, we could play our threes and win this game. Sure. And Does I, North Alabama want to play on September 12th? Great. Like if they did, great. 
Yeah, but I, I yeah, don't play. Don't I just play. think it's too much. And some people say, well, why not just stay on the East Coast? Just keep BYU on the East Coast. You know how expensive that gets? Yeah, and luckily everyone has a ton of money, and no one lost a ton of money the last six months. Oh, wait, everyone has. Yeah, no, and, there's no, that's not a thing. And you look at a Power 5 opponent, potentially Boston College, and say, well, don't they pay BYU to play? They don't have money this year. Everybody's losing money. Everybody's Everyone's losing money. looking for a Iowa deal. just cut some Olympic sports. Iowa. They're in the Big Ten. Pretty wild. Okay, so there are a bunch of options, but we agree. Don't play. Consensus, don't play on September 12th. Okay, now to uh, the first weekend in October, and this is typically a Friday night game for BYU, so it would be October 2nd, but they could play on Saturday, October 3rd. Not as many options available here. Mm. Okay, let's talk. I say at Temple. Temple, fun one. Puns aplenty with BYU. Uh, there, there's Tulane. App State plays a Wednesday game the next week. So does Louisiana. Mm. So that'd be that'd be tough turnaround for them. I say Temple, which, by the way, I, w- I want to just mention this. This is uh, on, on Twitter. Bruce Feldman uh, says the Big Ten coaches are meeting to discuss the possibility of reversing course and playing in the fall. Whoa. Well, I don't know that the coaches are the decision makers there. It's the administration that made you know made those decisions. The commissioner with the presidents and whatnot, but. What if the Big Ten's like, hey, psych, we're actually going to play? I don't think they'd play It'd any. It would be conference only, They clearly. wouldn't play any non-con at this point. It right. feels a little late. It Unless BYU's like, uh, well, actually, <laughs> we'll go to Minnesota at some point. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. We haven't heard, by the way, exactly, okay, is Minnesota returning? Or is BYU returning that game later? Right. Michigan State coming? We haven't heard those details quite yet. Yeah. I believe Minnesota is still planning on visiting Provo and playing at Lavelle Edwards Well, that, that one makes sense because right. it's in the future. What I mean is the at Minnesota game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're correct here again together, Jerem. Uh, we're correct? The, like right we, and wrong? We are correct. <laughs> the answer is Temple. Oh, okay. The answer is Temple on October 3rd. On Sundays, the answer is always Temple. Or maybe on October 2nd. I know that BYU, like I said before, had typically on general conference weekend for this, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's like a Friday game. Maybe ESPN hops in and says, yeah, let's do it on Friday. Let's maximize the spotlight. Perhaps they do. Uh, although, yeah, yeah, I guess in October they do have conference play with the others. So, yeah, if it could be a Friday, obviously that's uh, in BYU's best interest. Right. Given but if it's on the road. General conference. But I'm not opposed to just playing in that, like it, it is what it is. It's a business. It's a football game. Okay. I understand there are other interests that involved. If it's nice, if you can avoid general conference, the rest of BYU's October is now lined up with yeah. home games. We're into November now. It is home game central in October at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU. But then the Cougars, you would think, because they have six home games already scheduled. Everything else they schedule is probably going to be on the road. We'll see. I wouldn't mind having the seventh home game. I mean, that's that's a power play. Fantastic. Right. Okay. November 7th. This is where things get very interesting. Uh, There are some options available. Not many. So I don't know that we're going to have much of a choice. UCF is the clear, is the clear big name right here. They're ranked 20th in the preseason poll, Jeremy. A lot of people are saying, yes. And that's with teams that can't play. Go to Orlando. When the adjusted... Polls come out after week one without Pac-12 and, and Big Ten. Guess what UCS is going to be? They're going to be like 13th. Go to Orlando. Play a top-tier team in November. Show the AAC what BYU is all about. I would love that game. But, Jerem, again, and I've said this on a n- uh, number of occasions, having spoken with Mark Daniels, the voice of UCF football recently, it just doesn't seem likely. Okay. It does at, not seem at, likely. At UAB, then. At UAB. At UAB. Could Go. that be a home game? 
Maybe. Um, just play UAB. I don't care where. Play them in uh, Dallas. I don't care. In the middle. Whatever. <laughs> play, play them in uh, Albuquerque. <laughs> just play. No, I, play UAB. Probably a road game. Okay. I would love UCF. Uh, if so, BYU's, yeah, totally. If BYU is going to play UAB, I would hope that the Cougars could pick up a seventh home game. I'd like to see UAB in Provo. Go, man. TH with that power, that power play. Mm-hmm. Let's go, baby. Okay. On to November 14th. I say um, just have a bye week. Like, no one's available. <laughs> Hardly anyone's available. So um, there are some FCS opponents that right. BYU could no. play against, but you've already got North Alabama on the no. schedule. Take a breather, November, all good. Who knows where we're at with COVID and everything? Okay, and at that point, Jerem, you wonder if anybody else is even going to want to play before a projected bowl season and conference championship game. Well, let's talk about that because the ACC and some other leagues, I think, are going into December. December 5th is the last week of the regular season for a lot of those teams. Then they will play that next week, which is awkward for Navy because they play Army. If Navy's in the AAC title game, they have to figure that out. I don't know if they've announced like a later date. But then, uh, yeah, who knows on bowl games. I wonder if a lot of bowl games might be off their original dates and maybe in early January or something. I'm not exactly sure. That'd be interesting. Because typically it's just a handful of teams that are playing in near six games that are dealing with, oh, we've crossed into the new year, and for BYU, that's a new semester or new term, right? So, I, yeah, don't play. Don't play um, the 14th. Just have a bye. And how is this all going to work with students on campus? Because I know a lot of schools are emphasizing students go home once you get to Thanksgiving break and just stay home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know. There, there I, are a lot of I, things I, left to be figured out, obviously. I, I do love the uh, you know dog and pony show that is uh, presidents of universities uh, acting like that matters with the football season that's very amusing to me um there are millions of dollars for the university some of which is in the athletic department some of which is not uh that really matter and i I think it's more of like generally did we have students on campus sweet you think notre dame's not going to play at all if they don't have students on campus they need the money we they everyone needs the money who's like we don't need it we're fine no, they, BYU to the government stipend. <laughs> they said no to that. TV that was, stations that want the ratings for sure. And right. Money that comes along with it. Right. Agree to disagree on that. If you do, whatever. All good. But yeah. Okay. November 28th. There's a few options. Two or one. one. Or one. Uh, Marshall. <laughs> we are Marshall. <laughs> That's why BYU yeah. should play Marshall on November 28th. Uh, we are Marshall. Uh, they are Marshall in this case. Uh, November 28th. Normally, this would be the regular season finale, Spence. I think BYU needs to consider December 5th, the next week. Really? Because if you want to get 12 games in, uh, then that's something you need to really is, consider, this right? Is, this is a good point if you bring you, up. If you only do, well, hopefully most are. But if you only want 10, then don't worry about it. But if you want 12, look, App State, that's a really good team, by the way. Southern, uh, South Alabama, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, a lot of Sun Belt, right? Um, you have options. See, I like the idea of Appalachian State, but I'm thinking if I'm the App State athletic director and I'm in position to get into a New Year's Six game and I'm undefeated up to that point, why would I want to play BYU on December 5th and potentially mess that up? Because maybe you're in the Sun Belt and your schedule won't be what someone maybe in the AAC is with even one loss. And if you get that last second win against BYU, it really validates what you were trying to do. That would be my counter-argument to that. Yeah, and, and ESPN would go, yeah, yeah, we love this one. That's a, that's a juicy one. Let's use that. Okay, yeah. I, I, I would love that game in December. I, I think BYU needs to consider just going into December. And guess what? If you go in, if you go in two App State, weather's going to be 
decent, right? Might might be bad, but it'll be way worse here. Here's the other thing. If a game gets canceled because of COVID or whatever right. reasons, don't you need to leave December potentially open so that you can reschedule the game in December? I don't believe that BYU will reschedule any games. Here's why. I think that that, that is, will be a conference decision for its conference teams. I don't think BYU will flex into anything with that. I Perhaps they do. I could be completely wrong. I'm open to being wrong. Um, that's part of the deal here, being here. But I, I believe that BYU won't be rescheduling games this year generally. I think it'll be hard. You'd have to have that team has that same opening as well. Although you're saying, hey, if everyone leaves December 5th open. But I think a lot of, a lot of the conferences are uh, leaving that open. Maybe it's more Power 5. Um, so they're like delayed start and uh, we push back the season just a little bit as well. So uh, there's the eight games that we have on the schedule, right? At Navy, at Army, Troy, UTSA, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, North Alabama. There will be more road games in there. Just there will be. It's not going to be these eight. BYU's not playing only two road games. Hey, right now, BYU has six home games in a row. <laughs> that's pretty nice, right? That's, your your wife's probably happy about that. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> All wives involved with BYU athletics and football like, and you'll media. You'll be home? <laughs> yeah. Great. More, you won't be gone on the road as much. Uh, but with the six available weeks, we agree. Don't play September 12th. Play Temple on October 3rd, likely on the road in Philadelphia. Take on UAB wherever the first week of November. Probably road. Fit in another bye week there in November to rest. And then let's go Marshall Thundering Herd. We are Marshall against BYU uh, over Thanksgiving. And why not see if you can fit something into the first week of December? Yeah, con- consider it. Consider the Lilies and consider December 12 fit. games, that feels like you have to do that. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, uh, you've been a very busy man with interviews in fall camp over the Zoom. Hey, you too. But uh, yesterday uh, I chatted with Neil Powell, and in, in June of last year, Neil Powell was arrested for driving under the influence on campus. Here a year later, he uh, redshirted last season. He's now in good standing with the university and the team. We're, he's expected to be one of the top three receivers on this squad going into the season. Here's my conversation with Neil Powell on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. All right, Neil, your name's been tossed around a lot as one of the top three receivers on this team, right, with Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne. Do you guys yeah. feel, feel like you're the three that kind of have the experience and are the leaders of the group right now? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. We've all played um, in some meaningful games for BYU. Um, so we're just trying our best to, uh, I guess, put forth that leadership that Fessy's put upon us uh, and carry it forth. You guys are turning the corner from fall camp to prep for Navy. How has fall camp been in the most unique fall camp you'll ever have in your life? Uh, like you said, it's unique. It's unique to have masks on, to have the, I guess, the coverings over our face masks and stuff. Um, all that's different, but when it gets down to it, it's 11 on 11, 7 on 7, uh, and it's just football after that. Uh, you kind of put that all aside, and you just play what you've been playing since you were little. Are you used to the mask? Uh, it's, it's still trying to get used to it. When you breathe, it breathes right back at you in a sense. So it, like, knocks back, but something we're going to have to get used to, and uh, I've gotten a little bit used to it, but I think I should be ready come maybe. And I'm assuming that's the same thing you'll wear in the games, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Okay. Well, I, I did some math here, and uh, it looks like it will have been 626 days on Monday, okay. September 7th, since you caught a pass for BYU. I can't believe it will have been hey. that long. What's that going to be like for you to catch a pass for the first time in almost two years? Um, I know when I look back at it, probably after the game, it'll be something real, real crazy to think about. That it's like, like you just told me, it's real crazy to think about it like that. But I know when the ball's kicked and we're playing Navy, it's just another, I guess, another day in the office where I'm just trying to go out there and try to get a win from the team. Certainly going into last year, you didn't expect to have, you know, the situation you had where, oh, off the field thing, I got to sit out, I'm a red shirt. What did you learn during that experience that's made you not only a better person, but player now? Um, there was a lot. I think there was a lot of uh, off-field issues um, that I had to figure out first on just like where I stood with myself, self-worth and confidence, that type of thing. Um, and then how can I improve that? And with school and my spirituality, things that Kalani preaches and into football, how can that all mesh into one thing where instead of having three separate things, have them all mesh to where – I'm just one person all the time, in a sense. Um, I was able to find that uh, with the help of friends and especially family uh, to get me to where I'm at now and I'm in the best place that I possibly could ask for. That's awesome. How yeah. did you find that? Because I think to some degree we're all pursuing that, right? Yeah, I think it's um, – there's a lot of lonely days, a lot of lonely nights where you just sit there and ponder and think about a lot of things. Or you drive in your car, you just bump your music, just a lot of thoughts go through your head. Um, and then those thoughts were able to, I was able to write down on my phone and have those as reminders on things that I wanted to improve on. So each and every week was about two or three different things that I worked on, um, with the help of Fessy as well and helping me understand and know where I can improve as well. He was able to help that process as well. So it was a cool mixture of everybody just, uh, wanting the best for me more than I, I even knew. Um, but it was cool. That's great, and I uh, appreciate you saying that because I know uh, we're all going through something, so that's, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, BYU football, obviously six official games announced. There are two reported, yeah. perhaps BYU getting to 10 or 12 games. Is there any opponent that's not on the schedule that you want right now? Um, I mean, I would want to play an SEC school or what is it, the Big 12, one of those schools. We had a, an awesome schedule lined up before this whole pandemic, and not to knock any of the schools, but to play one of those big schools would be – Amazing. I mean, that's what you play football for, to play top-tier teams. And, um, I mean, all the schools that we're going to play, we're going to have to focus in because it's not like we beat even those schools. Um, we come out some Saturdays and we have those lulls. So um, we'll take care of those teams. But hopefully um, maybe we get a surprise at the end of this week or next week that we get one of those teams. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah. what, what's the key, as you mentioned, to avoiding losses to teams that you perceive, hey, we should win this game? And is that a conversation you guys have had? Yeah, uh, we've been able to talk about the red zone. Um, and that's something we still got to fix. There's a, it's a mentality thing when it comes down to it, um, whether you're, uh, you want to hit the guy in front of you or if you want to win, period. It all comes down to mentality things. So we're trying to fix that. As the past two days, there are some things, a lot of things that we got to fix. And I thought we were on the right track. We probably took a couple steps back the past two practices, but um, it's exciting to see how far we've come and know how much more we can keep going. What happened in the last two practices? Uh, there was just a lot, a lot of mistakes. Um, I guess the heat got to us in a sense. So mentally, like I said, mentally, we need to be up there because maybe it would be mentally tough. So our mental toughness needs to match it or surpass it. Um, and once our mental toughness is right, 
uh, I think we'll be all right. Talking with Neil Paulu, redshirt junior senior or redshirt junior on the BYU football team. Everyone's getting a free year this year. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come back next. I don't know if you're still going to be a redshirt junior. If you're going to yeah. be a senior twice. I was a senior twice academically, but that's another story, Neil. Okay. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about you uh, on the field. Your career high is four grabs in a game. Can we expect five plus multiple times this season? Yeah. Um, hopefully. Uh, been able to happen in practice and stuff so I'm hoping again like all the stuff that we're uh, implementing and we're doing in practice we can push it to Saturdays when Saturdays happen and Saturdays come everything that translates in practice it can translate onto the field so since it has been a minute since we've seen you on the field remind people and describe what kind of receiver you are um shifty smooth um I don't know. I watch a lot of film of Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. Uh, they're faster, but they just know how to get off the line. So that's what I have to focus on, not being the fastest dude, but working on different things that I can um, use. And since I play basketball, using that as an advantage against uh, the defense. Your brother Butch, uh, at his peak, could he have guarded you? Um, it would have been a back and forth, not going to lie. Um, we, <laughs> we had those battles when we were little and stuff. Our dad always lined it up, but... Yeah, I think he could have. I, I for sure would have won my fair share. I know your dad played, uh, what, college ball and professionally? What kind of influence yeah. he had on your life? Um, a, a ton. Uh, he taught us hard work um, and just treat every day as its own. Um, you never know what will be taken from you. And he always preached it. And I guess it took me a little longer to apply those teachings and stuff. But um, thankful for that, that young guy for teaching us all the things that he did. Who's the hardest DB to go up against in practice right now? Uh, that's a good one. There, there's a lot of good ones. Um, you have Troy, you have Zane. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me uh, is the amount of work that D'Lo has put in, but then uh, also a kid named uh, Micah Harper. Uh, freshman, incoming freshman, uh, didn't know where he stood. And seeing him when we were doing routes on air and stuff, I went against him, and uh, there's, a, there's a bright future for him. His name's been mentioned a lot, so that, that's great news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you think about Navy and then Army, uh, Monday Night Football, ESPN, yeah. huge game in terms of, you know, the, the slot, the production crew, the announcers. CBS, that's a would-be SEC spot. They're not playing, so BYU climbs into that. What kind of feelings do you have when you think about the opportunity on a national stage, which you guys have played in before, but this is almost a little bit bigger in terms of the whole country's going to be watching those games. Yeah, um, I think when we, we talk about it right now, like you said, you get goosebumps and stuff, but when we get there, there'll be no fans. So then it'll also be, it can kind of reverse, in a sense, reverse psychology where you get pumped up and then now you get there to the game and there's nobody there to watch you in a sense. But everyone will be watching at home. So the mentality thing that I talked about, we're, we're sure going to need it on both sides and our own energy and juice, we're going to have to bring that. Uh, but I think everybody will be ready and excited knowing that we're, we know on the West Coast we're pretty much the only team that's playing um, and that everybody for sure will be at home watching. You represent the whole West of Texas. Exactly. I mean, Air, Air Force is playing two games, but it's super weird, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, have you – I guess I've said on the air, I, I'm very appreciative to the Board of Trustees and everybody that haven't shut this down because yeah. I, I think there's an opportunity to obviously represent on the field but kind of show people what BYU is about right now. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Uh, we can uh, maybe close some uh, doors to some thoughts that people have about BYU 
and enlighten some other people about what we actually stand for and who we actually are. Well, Neil, it's great to see you back. Uh, I know you've gone through a a journey as we talked about, and uh, now you're one of the upper class and one of the main guys, and uh, we wish you luck. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, and uh, good luck on Monday Night Football, man. Uh, Sweet. Thank you. We'll need it. Neil Pau on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. He made a serious mistake, uh, but he has done his best to rectify that and is in good standing. I think there's a lesson for all of us in that, right? Uh, is that you can make uh, a mistake and hopefully overcome that with improved behavior and, and learned, right? It's called life. He had to redshirt, and he had to sit out, and he had to figure it out, and he talked about that journey, so that's great. I think he's going to, on the field now, become a real weapon for BYU. He is a guy that, when you talk about the BYU offense, he's not one of the first names you mentioned, but I think in a couple of games, we're going to be like, dude, Neil Powell is one of the top three offensive weapons BYU has. I think he's going to be very important to this offense, perhaps top five or something, but he, he's not a guy that people are discussing right now. I think we will a lot this year. I think BYU fans in general feel better about the wide receiver core as a whole because it was like, oh Neil yeah, Pau is coming back. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Neil Pau. There's that guy. Right. Okay, yeah, there yeah. are three proven commodities. Yeah, there. let's go. Plus uh, some newcomers. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. If you're new to the program, first of all, welcome. Over the past few months, we've been counting up to 99. We're almost there! One or two numbers each show and determining who are the best athletes to wear each number at BYU. Today, it's a solo number as we zero in on 94. 99 is next Monday, by the way. Wow. Are we done next Monday? Uh, Chris Smith is the best to wear number 94. He was a legit tight end, 87 to 90. You may have heard of a quarterback that he played with his senior year. I believe it was Todd Detmer. Mm-hmm. 137 catches, third most by a tight end. 2,367 yards. That's 10th all time among everybody. 17 yards to catch. 8 TDs. 8 TDs a little low for me, by the way. Look at this. Great. Look at him go. Look at. Wow. Chris, Chris is flying down the sideline. This is against Utah. I love these highlights. This is great. Uh, 1990 set a then NCAA record for receiving yards by a tight end in the season with 11.56, 68 catches. Still holds the record at uh, BYU for that. <laughs> Third team All American in '89, two team time All WAC. Has two of the top 10 receiving yard uh, seasons in BYU history. Only player in the top 10 with more than one. You know oh. why he's the greatest ever in '94, Jaron? Because he was drafted by my Cincinnati Bengals. Hey. It was in spite of that. <laughs> uh, Ziggy Ansah was, uh, what, an honorable mention here? Tied for the highest draft pick in BYU football history with Jimothy McMahon. Pretty crazy. Wow. They went to the black and blue division. <laughs> Ziggy to the Lions and uh, McMahon, of course, to the Bears. Black and blue division. Yeah, I like that. Crazy. Okay, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris legit. He, he's he's one of the all-time best tight ends. And at some point, I'm going to rank all the tight ends, and we're going to talk about it. One or two numbers each show and determining the best athletes to wear each number in Provo at Brigham Young University. We're nearing the end. Today, it's number 95. This is a player that was better than Dennis Pitta. His name is Gordon Hudson. Gordon Hudson played from 1980 to 1983. One of the all-time greats in, in BYU history. Uh, obviously, Steve Young's running mate there. A tight end, two-time consensus All-American, 82 and 83. 1983, he only played eight games, got hurt. 
Still consensus All-American. Why is this in black and white? What is, this, what? is it that what? <laughs> Honorable mention All-American 81. Two-time first-team All-Wax. Second most receptions and receiving yards by a tight end oh. in BYU history. Finished his career as the NCAA record holder for career receiving yards by a tight end. And he was just unbelievable in this UCLA game in 83. Big time. Catches, uh, I believe, the game-winning score there in a big win over eventual Rose Bowl champ UCLA. Gordon Hudson was legit. And those numbers in the 80s are just incredible. I mean, those would stack up today. 22 touchdowns. Just got in the end zone a ton. And uh, he had 259 yards against Utah in 81. That's second most in BYU history. Today, all about number 96. Surround yourself with greatness, Jerem. Yep, nice uh, book promotion there. They got to pay for that next time. Some of these aren't obvious. This one was super obvious. Chad Lewis is the best to wear number 96. Played from 93 to 96. He was an influencer on the BYU football program throughout his career. Walked on from the track team for him. Orem, high guy, two-time first-team all-whack. Had 24 consecutive games with at least one catch. Blocked five kicks in his college career. He was a high jumper. He had that ability. He was fantastic. Eighth most receiving yards by a tight end in BYU history. Played nine seasons in the NFL. Eight with the Eagles. One with the Rams. Three-time Pro Bowler. One-time All-Pro. And is currently a BYU Associate Athletic Director in development since 2010. One of my favorite people on planet Earth. I'll join you in that because he is one of the greatest people on he is such planet a good dude. Earth. Oh, we left him out of the redhead list. He's a redhead. Technically, he is a redhead. Yes. Chad Lewis and is actually, a top five. If someone balds, you forget the hair color. Redheaded player at BYU. <laughs> okay, along with TJ Haas, Matt Bushman, Roy Linkletter. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of red in Lewis family with Bushman marrying Emily, Chad's daughter. So there you go. Leapin' Lewis, still yeah. one of my favorite posters oh, that I ever collected as UTEP. a kid in that 1996 season. He did it against Arkansas State. He yeah. did it against UTEP. Yeah. Leapin' Lewis, man. Best to ever wear number 96. We're doing two. We're counting up to 99, and we're all about 97 and 98. The best to ever wear those numbers at BYU, starting with 97. Randy Brock, early 90s, 90 to 94. This guy was awesome. 46 tackles for loss. That is incredible. Third most sacks in BYU history. First team all whack in 94, which is a underrated year. 10 and 3 uh, beat Notre Dame and Oklahoma that year. There's highlights against Notre Dame. Uh, second team honorable mention. He was fourth team all whack. Uh, four-time all-whack performer, which was pretty good. Randy Brock, who sounds like a WWE wrestler. <laughs> Isn't there someone with a similar name? Chop the block! <laughs> yeah. Can't block Brock. Love it. 97. This is when you get... If you wear 97, you're a tough cookie. There's no weaklings wearing 97. You know what I'm saying? I miss the big shoulder pads and the neck rolls. Speaking of, Jerem... Let's go, baby. The best to ever wear number 98 is one Brad Hunter. Yeah! The punter. One time we were at, uh, we were on a remote and he came up and said, Hey, what's up? I'm Brad Hunter. We're like, Hunter the, Hunter the Punter's the here. Woo! Look at that neck roll. How awesome <laughs> is it to see a guy back there booting the ball? He, he ripped off a 70 yarder at one point, was consistently what? hitting him over 50. Brad Hunter, the punter at 98. Played at BYU, technically starting in 1986. Had most of his run between 90 and 92. But, Jeremy, he's punting, and then he's going to play defensive. Yes. 
on the defensive line. 63 tackles, seven and a half sacks. So it wasn't like he was doing nothing after he punted. Yes, yeah, so he, yeah, exactly. He's saying, what field position do I want to get? give me, <laughs> me. on defense? <laughs> so he ran a fake punt against Notre Dame in 92 for 13 yards, by the way. Which is, okay, career long of 65. Are you saying it was 70? What are you saying? Sorry, he ripped off. It was 70 yards, but I think uh, it was only ruled as 63 because it went into the end zone. But it was like 70 Oh, you're the guy that counts 70 the yards after in the, the end zone yards? Although, yeah, technically no, but like, yes. Like when a kick return is from the back of the end zone, it's like, oh, that was 119 yards. Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? So official, but it okay, only so counts for 100. Yeah. 70 just sounds better, doesn't like, it? Like, what defensive line? Do, like, this would be like Kyrus Tonga punting or something. You know what I mean? That'd be insane. That'd be insane. Also, keep in mind, in terms of other people who haven't been a specialist who punted, Jim McMahon and Clay Brown, who connect against SMU for the Miracle Ball Hail Mary. And we spoke to They Clay. both punted yes. on the team. One time, Jim McMahon got rushed from his right, wandered to his left, and punted left-footed. That's amazing. That happened. So... Brad Hunter, I had a VHS of a BYU-Wyoming game in 92 that for some reason was just in the collection when I was in high school. I would throw that in. Ryan Hancock's chewing up the Cowboys. And Brad Hunter, the punter, was the guy there. In fact, we saw some of the highlights. We were watching him punt against Wyoming right there. Producers, was that the 65-yarder? Did we watch the 65-yarder? Is that what that was? It was. Okay, that's great. 43.2 yards per kick. That's excellent. Let's go. This thing is done. We've it's counted, not. We have one more. Count it all the way up to 99. Let's slow down at the finish line. <laughs> Sprint through the finish. Let's go. We've determined every number the best to wear it, the athletes at BYU. And today, yes, Jerem, it is number 99. Jason Buck, 1986 Allen Trophy winner. Jason Buck was awesome. Grew up very, very poor. Turned into an amazing player. Super Bowl champ eventually. Seventh most sacks at BYU. Uh, he was a uh, junior college transfer. Played from 85 to 86. First team all whack in 85. AP third team in 85. 86. Outland Trophy winner. First round draft pick Woo! to your Bengals. I know. Played seven seasons with the Bengals and the Washington football team. Uh, won a Super Bowl ring with the Washington football team. In 1992, Jason Buck is a clear-cut winner for the best wear number 99. One of my favorite things about the show on the visual side is seeing what our production staff puts together for these graphics involving the athletes. Yes. Right now on the screen, bang for your buck. I love it. Well done. Honorable mention, Brandon Flint, uh, most sacks in BYU history, 35. 35. 35 sacks. How many sacks did BYU have as a team last year? Not 35. Probably like 13. It wasn't close to that. I'll look it up. It was it half of that. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. I'm super excited about this next segment. Joining us now, a two-time Ray Guy Award winner and consensus All-American punter. He's host of the It's Utah's World podcast, and we believe the first former University of Utah player to join us on BYU Sports Nation. But most importantly, he is the newest convert fan across Cougar Nation. Tom Hackett on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Tom, welcome, my friend. Great to have you. Gentlemen, man, this is fun. Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to hear your voices. I hope everything is going well. 
It is. And that blue shirt looks amazing on you. I want to say that right off the bat. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think it's the only blue shirt I have. It's a golfing shirt. It's even got a Nike. Yep. See why I use a Nike scroll. Yes, you it's, like not, that? it's not Under Armour. It's Nike. That's that's important. Hey yeah. Tom, I think we can uh, help your BYU wardrobe out. We'll see. We'll see what we can do about getting you some more blue. Hey, don't tell don't tell Kalani. I was actually well. It's been a few years since I've been down to uh, to BYU and and saw Kalani. But a few years ago, I was in his office and he gave me some BYU stuff, and I thought it was gracious of him. I'm like, thanks, Coach. You know, good. But I. I gave it to my neighbor who was a diehard BYU fan because I'm like, I'm just, I'm never going to wear it. And don't tell him I did that. Just say, I need more, will you? We'll try, we'll try and keep we, that on the we, DL. We won't let him know after we, you broadcast it on national television. He, he, he's, of course, watching every episode of BYU Sports Nation. But, okay, the reason we have you on, one, you're, just a, you're a fun dude. And, and two, you declared... You know, fandom of BYU this season. Tell us what went into this decision. What, what's happened here? It was a really easy decision. Uh, so, as I'm sure many of you um, that are watching this probably have understood, if you don't know who I am, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not from <laughs> here, and I guess that's what matters. Uh, I'm from Australia, so I didn't. I wasn't born or raised with uh, the BYU Utah rivalry, but I was fortunate to attend school up at the Utah, uh, up at the U, and I happened to play there for a few years. Anywho, I, you know, my my whole thing is I've got friends in in the BYU program, and I have said publicly before that I am a fan of those friends of mine within the BYU program, hence why I'm a fan of the BYU program. Now, when Utah and BYU play, I would prefer if Utah won. But it's not going to ruin my year if BYU were to beat Utah. And people have come at me and given me a hard time about that, and that's fine, whatever. But like, my whole thing is Lavelle Edwards and Ronnie Mack were best friends. Come on. Like, is it that big of a deal? We're okay. We're all friends. We love each other. Uh, I, I'm just happy there's football in the state. I'm happy the Cougars are playing. I'm, up, I'm on board, and I'm going to be watching every game. I'll be cheering for them. Tom, when I, you tweet, just use the hashtag BYUSN, okay? That will really welcome you into the yeah. BYU fold. Uh, what do you need to know to maximize your fandom, Tom? What do you, what do you need to know? Um. I need to know who the starting quarterback is um, because I bumped into Mike Wilson, Zach Wilson's dad, last Friday, actually, and I had a conversation. Do you know, do you guys know, they, I think it's their youngest, Isaac, the youngest brother. He, was, uh, he got minutes for Corner Canyon Ooh. last Friday. So BYU might, uh, might have some more Wilson to, uh, to love. But uh, is it going to be Zach Wilson? Who's it going to be? Come on. We think so. We, we think it's Zach's to lose. We'd be surprised if it's not. We feel like Zach is, uh, or he has the highest ceiling, uh, if you want to call it the most talented, however you want to phrase that. He seems like he is the starter. Now the real question is who's going to be the backup because Baylor Romney was the third string guy last year. All he did was beat Boise State and beat Liberty and take care of Utah State in the second half. And then Jaron Hall, who has been explosive at times as well. So I feel like that's the real race is who's going to be the backup. And, Tom, you, you know as much as we do there. Maybe it's Baylor. Maybe it's Jaron. I, I like the guy that got concussed a lot last year, and I think that's Hall. So uh, I'm going to go with, with Hall as the backup. Hey, the other thing I wanted to talk about quickly was um, – 
I've never had a cougar tail, and I just feel bad. If I'm going to be a real fan, I should probably indulge in a cougar tail. How do yes. I, with COVID, how do, I, how do I do that? We still don't know who's going to be let into the stadium, right, if at all and how many and whatever. Uh-huh. But if they let in fans, we've got to see if we can't get you in there to get a cougar tail because it's like, what, a, a 12-inch maple bar? It's delicious, it's bro. It's longer than that's three Eight. feet. It's three feet? Okay. It's delicious, and it's worth it if you like maple It's bars. like a three-foot-long yeah, okay. maple bar donut. Okay, so, Tom, we'll take – You don't can't seem get like you, you need game, sugar to get excited, though. If we can't get you one at the game, we'll go to the creamery. We will, we will grab one for you, and we'll make sure well, that it's delivered. One of these times Spencer's heading up to uh, – KSL. KSL, he yeah. can take you one. We'll deliver know? the BYU swag with the cougar tail, and then you can um, be sworn in to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> I, I really am excited. And you know what was so funny? I was looking at them um, because the tweet kind of blew up and I wasn't expecting it, but there was a lot of hatred, uh, which is probably, I, I should have known, it's Twitter. Uh, but I just want people out there to know that I love everybody and uh, it's tough going at the minute. And I just, uh, I hope you don't hate too often because it just seems dangerous. But I noticed there was a stake center down in Provo that actually liked my tweet. So if anything, I'm one step closer to being baptized. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, we appreciate you, man. Can't wait to see you. And again, you look fabulous in blue. We'll see you soon. Much love, guys. Thanks for having me. Tom Hackett on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show (laughs) He's a character, dude. 2015, we're we're at uh, what's it called? You know, in Vegas, where we were, where both teams were, and it kind of oh, got pep in. rally. We're at the pep rally on Freedom Fremont uh, Street. Fremont Street, and uh, Tom, Tom said some words. You know, we've come a long way in five years to have Tom Hackett on the show after that experience. But like I said with Neil Powell, hey, you 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 do things, and then you know what? You you figure some things out. You and, can and always you, find your and, way back to the fold. And honestly, he's right. Like, at first I was like, ah, this is like a PR stunt. Come on. You know? But, no, he's serious. Like, hey, we shouldn't be hating. We should be loving. More. And he has so, friends. I mean, he's friends right. with Kalani Satake, for crying right. out loud. He was there when Kalani was there. So he loves Kalani. Yeah, absolutely. No, Tom's Tom's a fun guy. And uh, I think it's great. He's hopping on board. Because be- BYU's playing. Why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll get him the cougar tail donut, and uh, we'll, we'll get him some, adi- some additional and BYU swag. Would I do the same thing the other way? No. <laughs> but I appreciate what Tom is doing. Tom is taking the higher Tom's like, Yes, Tom's like a more loving person than I am. I'm, I'm like, no, me and Max Hall are hanging out a Now, that's bit. a fun conversation. If Utah were playing and BYU was not, would you hop on the Utah fandom train as the only team in Utah playing? I don't think I'm allowed to express myself fully in this on this program and channel (laughs) regarding that. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. A tweet that was brought to our attention from yes. at BYU Bro Chacho. We were speaking about BYU's ties to Fontana, California, specifically. BYU Bro Chacho says, can't forget our boy Sione Taki Taki. I know I was missing someone. Thank you. appreciate it. Yeah. Fontana, Sione- California. Fontana, man. And yesterday on the Instagram, Jerem, it was profiled that Sione Taki Taki had a pick six against one Baker Mayfield. In Is that even hard against Cleveland Browns camp. Is that even hard? Tip no, pass, that's awesome. took it, scored a touchdown at practice. That's fantastic. I expect Sione had to have a good sophomore season in the NFL. 
he it's he didn't really get the opportunity to shine last year. So I'm I'm excited to see him have some more playing time. And it seems like that. It seems like that. I can't, you know what we need to do? We need to talk to all these NFL team experts because NFL football is going to happen too, right? Yes. We've been so focused on just getting to the BYU game. I mean, we are a BYU Sports Nation, but the NFL is going to happen too. It's Very exciting. It is. A couple weeks away. Here we go. Uh, we welcome you back to Studio B. Um, as promised, a wide receiver discussion now based on something that wide receivers coach Fessy Satake said yesterday after practice. Listen to this. You look at the past BYU offenses, you know, that have been really successful. They've, they've had that, whether it's the Collies, the Hoffmans. You know, I, I just think, I think we have personnel in our group to do so many different things. But I think, I think uh, if a guy were to, you know, kind of break out and, and be that impact guy, um, I, I think that's a, a great problem to have, to find out who that's going to be. But I think it's healthy for an offense to, to have a guy like that. Jerem, does BYU need... A go-to guy, a la Austin Colley, some others that Fessy Sataki mentioned, at receiver this year. No. I, I think it's going to be more of a committee approach. I would prefer to have the go-to guy, though, the 1,000-yard type. I, I think that there is a lot of value in having that. But I think that BYU has three really solid, experienced core guys that are going to make plays. Gunnar Romney, Dax Mill, Neil Powell. I don't know in what order. But I do think if one was to break out and be the best one this year, I think it's going to be Gunnar Romney. I do think that the best receiver, not by position, but by catches on the team, Matt Bushman. It's pretty obvious, right? So these guys will accompany him. Isaac Rex, I think, is going to be a top five pass catcher on this team as well. I think he's going to get more run than you'd think. Maybe he's like the seventh or something. But those three are pretty secure in that. I also look at Chris Jackson, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Miles Davis, and Terrence Fall as the next four. So there's kind of your top seven who's got some good young talent. What Keanu Hill, guy that redshirted last year. Uh, Cody Epps, first team All-American, USA Today. Uh, Chris Jackson, speedster, blowing the top off the defense. And then Miles Davis. Great name. He's had a nice camp as well. So I'm excited about this group of receivers. You have your core three that are experienced, and then you have these other four that will inject some life into this with a couple of good tight ends in Bushman and Rex. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Keanu Hill specifically because we've been hearing about him, feels like, for a while now. Let's see what he can do on the field with a greater opportunity. And then Chris Jackson is the guy that has the Juco experience. Yes, and he is a burner. He is a fast guy. He's got some swag. I, I love it. He's got a great story. Uh, overcome some off-the-field uh, you know, uh, hard, hard times, and great to have him at BYU, man. We're looking forward to seeing him. Blaine Fowler told us that Chris Jackson has been maybe the MVP of uh, the offense for BYU. In of the entire of, offense? In terms of pleasant surprise. Oh, okay, surprise. Yeah, yeah like he just has really MVP surprised and pleasant surprise are different to me, but yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, BYU needs more guys because that was a question going into this year was, okay, you lost Micah Simon. You lost Talon Shumway. You lost Leva Hifo. Those were the top three receivers uh, by that position. Now what? So BYU feels like, and we feel like, hey, Romney, Milne, Pau, nice core. People have forgotten about Neil Pau, as we talked about yesterday. But Chris Jackson, Juco. Juco guys don't come in and wait to contribute. They are here on a business trip, on a mission, right, to do something immediately. Guys out of high school, there's more of a slow burn, right? Keanu Hill redshirted. Then last year he played in four games or less. So he, uh, so he had uh, – no, he, no, that was last year. Sorry. He's a sophomore now. But it's been a second for Keanu Hill to get to this point. But now it's time for him to be a 15-plus catch guy this season, perhaps more. 
Who is the guy that is most likely to emerge as the go-to guy? We probably settle on Gunnar Romney. Gunnar right? Romney. Gunnar Romney came out of high school. It felt like he was the second coming of Austin Collie. That's what it felt like, right? Arizona State was in the mix, some other big schools. Gunnar Romney's time is now. He has emerged, uh, not only in practice, but uh, you know, I think on the field. He's going to occupy the spot, the amount of targets, that the Simon, Shumway, Hefo trio was occupying. We have a new trio here. We'll see if one of the other four break into that. All right, committee approach, but it might just be Gunner's year to really emerge. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Wow, wow, wow.